So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew, alongside a man who would definitely be on my team sheet for the Compliance World Cup, Adam Gosselin. Adam, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, Todd. How are you? Man, I can't complain. I cannot complain at all. I understand today we're going to talk about a little bit of a niche topic, but something that is actually surprisingly more applicable than people think, and that is user access management. So talk to me a little bit more about what exactly is user access management? Um, it is, you know, kind of going through uh, in most uh, organizations, systems, whatever, there's some conduit through which users gain access to systems, assets, etc. And it is the act of uh, looking at and reviewing um, those users that have access uh, on a periodic basis um, so that you can um, so that you can, you know, um, clean up stuff that, you know, clean up stuff that needs cleaning up, uh, making sure that uh, all of your other functions within the organizations like, oh, I don't know, shutting people off uh, once they're gone from the organization, um, that that actually happened, uh, making sure that people have, you know, the, the, the right stuff, if you will. Um, all of that is, is all balled into the user access management, um, you know, kind of uh, review, if you will. Okay. Well, I mean, that's messy. <laughs> So how does one initially get things under control in this realm? Well, you know, the, the, the reality is that um, it, the first, you know, anytime you're going into this for the first time, it's messy. Um, you know, every, most of the time from what I've seen, um, there's, there's few organizations that are kind of, that I'm, that I'm working with, et cetera, that right out of the gate, oh, everything's perfect, right? Um, there's always some type of, some measure of cleanup, um, some a lot more than others. So, um, you know, as you go in to start, you know, start doing the digging through, you know, each of these accounts that you've got in your, you know, kind of in your central um, access control system, typically Active Directory, LDAP, something along those lines, um, you, there should be a description that uh, that uh, describes, you know, what is this account for? What is the business purpose of this account? Uh, why is it there, et cetera? Um, you know, you're going to, you the first time that you go in to, to really go take a look at this, especially with an organization that, you know, hasn't had an ongoing you know, security compliance process, process and procedure for, you know, for some period of time or has never gone through an audit, oh, it's going to be a disaster. So you're going to, you're going to walk in all sorts of stuff. It's not organized. They're going to have, you know, a whole ton of them without any type of labeling for, you know, what is this account, et cetera. Um, you know, what you're looking for is you're looking to make, you know, kind of order out of the chaos, if you will. Um, you know, so the first step in going through all of these accounts is to 
to get them organized. Um, usually, I'll take I'll take the accounts and I'll try to split them logically into three different you know three different groups so that I can make it a little bit easier to to deal with uh, you know with the various accounts. So okay. um, what I'll typically do is I'll say these ones are user accounts. These ones are vendor accounts, and these ones are system accounts. Uh, and then that way, when you're you know setting up, you know adding new accounts to your you know to your Active Directory, um, then you can you know maintain um, that same kind of nomenclature, um, that that same kind of nomenclature as you're going through. So, you know, what I'll usually do uh, in that description field, it, I'll typically use that. Um, it, it depends on what access management system you've got and capabilities it has, but almost every single one is going to have a description, some type of a comment or description field. So I'll usually just take whatever that field is and use it um, to include all the information that I, that I want to have in there. So I'll preface in front of the description, um, you know, I'll just put user colon, uh, you know, for vendor accounts, and I'll put vendor, you know, vendor user colon. Uh, for any service accounts that I've got, I'll put in service account, you know, colon. You know, and then the rest of the description can go ahead and, you know, kind of follow. Mm, um, that makes so, sense. Okay. You know, once, you know, that, that first pass, when you when you first get it, you know, that's where you want to go through at least get those blips in, uh, you know, into that list so that now I can take the list and turn around and kind of focus on e each of the, you know, each of the individual uh, arenas, if you will. Hmm. Now, what should you look for on like internal user accounts? So for for internal users or users of the organization, if you will, um, yeah, the first thing that I'll do is I'll go in and I'll look at um, I'll go in and I'll look at the uh, enabled user accounts. So typically with the user accounts, there's an enabled or enabled disabled flag. Um, so I'll go in and I'll look at the enabled users. We want to make sure um, that each of the uh, each of them has their own named account, which should be the case when you're walking in. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that each individual user has their own named account. You know, you're not seeing things. You know, uh, you know, seeing thing that list that would would gear you otherwise. So as you're going through and reviewing that uh, list of internal users, you know, the, the first thing, go in and take a look at. You know, should all those enabled accounts actually be enabled? Um, are, there, <laughs> are there any of them that should be disabled? So like I was saying a minute ago, you know, somebody drops the ball. Um, somebody doesn't turn off a particular account. Oops, I forgot. Oh, you know, whatever. Mary told me to wait until 10 p.m. and I forgot because it was the weekend, you know, etc. Um, so, you know, go through, um, you know, certainly, you know, looking for terminated employees, looking for interns that moved on, uh, bouncing the enabled accounts up against the active list of folks from HR. You know, those are all good mechanisms for kind of cross-checking, double-checking the list that I'm sitting here faced with, um, you know, you, you shouldn't have enabled accounts that are no longer needed. Um, you know, second arena is, you know, look at when does the password expire? Uh, you know, number one, it sounds odd, but there's, there's, there's a number of administrators that hate changing their passwords. So they'll just go in because they have the power and, uh, and set their account never to expire. 
that's fantastic, but violates every aspect of security and compliance that we have for the organization. Um, you know, so, you know, we want to make sure that uh, all the passwords have an expiration, um, that they all have the uh, an expiration period that makes sense. So like PCI is an example, they require passwords that expire within 90 days. Um, you know, that's the, that's the rule as of right now. So, you know, as you're going down and you're scanning the password expirations, is there stuff that is sitting out there with a password expiration this past 90 days? Um, you know, which leads to the next arena, how they're expired passwords. Um, you know, um, that should be a key indicator for, I don't know, maybe this, it, maybe this user doesn't need this account anymore. It may very well be that, uh, that they just, very yes they're still an appropriate and authorized user uh no they haven't logged into the system you know in 95 days uh but they may not need to for until it's 100 or 150 days or something mm. uh, but they're still a valid user but that's a good way for you to go in and have a have a discussion uh you know with the various levels of management etc to find out is this still appropriate um, you know, looking at there's there's typically a last login field. When was the last time this user logged in? Um, so another thing that I'll go in, I'll look for if the user's never logged in or hasn't logged in for an extremely long period of time. Another indicator that they may not need that uh, need that particular account anymore. Um, you know, are there any accounts that aren't allocated to specific people? Um, you know, so some of the some of the key indicators there um, is you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see something like, you know, in turn three, you know, or whatever, <laughs> under 42, uh -huh. uh, you know, that type of thing, uh, you know, or or just straight up admin. Right. And, um, you know, the, the, the reality is, is if you're seeing generic accounts, uh, you know, then making sure that they are tied to specific individuals. Now, I've seen some I've seen some approaches for some organizations where because of the fact that the I'll use I'll pick on the intern pool because the interns turn over so freaking quickly. They literally go, they, they get tired of deploying one for Mary Smith and then retracting it, et cetera. Uh, and so what they'll do instead is they'll create intern one through 10 and they will then specifically allocate. Intern one for the next two months is Bob, you know, and then intern one is going to turn into Frank and then intern one will be Mary, you know, type of thing. Um, so as long as there's a way uh, for us to be able to kind of trace and track that back, uh, you know, et cetera, it's okay to have that. But, you know, certainly as you're going through and doing the review, you're going to see some stuff, uh, you know, type of thing. And it allows you to go in and dig in a little bit deeper. Um, another another arena that I'll also keep my eyeball out for is as you're scanning down the list, I'll typically put it into alphabetical order um, because I can't tell you how many times that I've seen, you know, Bob Smith, Bob Smith one, Bob Smith underscore a, you know, Bob Smith 73, you know, et cetera. And it, 
okay, there might be <laughs> reasons why that Bob Smith has all of these freaking accounts. Uh, but, um, but again, it's a, it's a sign uh, it number one, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of something to go look into, but it could be a sign that you've got a bad actor in the system, right? Um, somebody decided to go spin off a of Bob Smith one, you know, et cetera. And nobody's going to really question it because Bob Smith is really a legitimate user in this environment. So, you know, there's, there's a, bunch of different things that you can go in and look for when it comes to the users um you know the the one kind of uh, i don't know pro tip or whatever that uh, that i'll throw out there is when you're seeing those users there's sometimes i've seen um, use cases where um you'll get users that were terminated you know uh you know next period of time ago but they still have an enabled account and yet it's a valid use, use case and that is that um sometimes the organizations want to keep that account open for a period of time so that they can forward along emails and you know things along those lines so what they did is they went in changed the password for the terminated user redirected the email to go to their boss and they want to leave that on for a period of time that period of time uh you know, may fluctuate organization to organization it really depends on who the person was that left um in you know in many cases for folks that haven't been there that long i don't know 30 days uh you know uh, 30 to 30 days to 45 days somewhere in there is reasonable but honestly i've had people that have kept those accounts up and running for a year and more uh you know type of thing imagine it was somebody that was real fundamental to the organization that now is no longer there and the well, those once a year emails are popping up type of thing mm -hmm. uh, that they were the only one that ever got them you know etc yeah uh there, there's some valid reasons for them to you know them to go in and do that now what about vendor user accounts i know that that opens up an entirely different can of worms Yes, sir, it does. Um, so uh, where you've got your vendor user accounts uh, for each one that you see on the, you know, kind of on the list, um, there's several things that you can kind of go through. Number one, is is this still a valid vendor? Uh, it sounds like it sounds dumb, but a lot of people will, oh, well, we're not, no, we're no, we're no longer using ABC plumbing, you know, type of thing, but nobody thinks to go, you know, go back to the AD, shut these accounts off, et cetera. Maybe they need to be left on for a period of time and whatnot. So, you know, first things first, go through the list of the vendor accounts you've got and figure out, is this thing even still needed? Um, you know, certainly uh, for, uh, for those vendor users, um, going through the vendor's users with the vendor, um, you know, is Bob Smith still there? I mean, I'll tell you what, the one thing that the vendors suck at <laughs> is telling you, hey, by the way, you know, Mary's no longer here and, you know, uh, you know, Georgette moved on and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yet they they forget about going back to the, you know, all the locations where they had vendor had accounts. So when you get to that quarterly pulse check, it's a great idea to go go revalidate the entire freaking list with the vendor uh, and, uh, you know, make sure, number one, are they still there? Uh, and, you know, number two, should they still have access? It may very well be that, you know, that, uh, you know, Barb was, you know, was amazing and got a promotion has moved out of day by day. And so although Bob still works there, she, Barb. Barb still works there. She should no longer have access at this point because that torch has passed over to so-and-so. Um, so, you know, going through that list is important. And then 
once you've done those two, then go back to the list of things that I was just talking through uh, with the, uh, you know, I was just talking through with the individual internal users and run through that same list of stuff, um, you know, through with those vendor user accounts. Um, you know, in, in most cases, the vendors will, you know, will have named accounts for each individual person. Um, but there are, um, there are occasions where the vendor is using, you know, so the vendor has on their end, um, a, um, kind of secure repository for, uh, administering their accounts that they need, uh, on secondary systems where they are tracking, who is it that logged into, you know, into this particular account at what time and when, et cetera. So if you, you, you may run into a situation where yes, on your system, it appears as if it's one single, you know, one single uh, vendor user um, that, you know, a multitude of people are, are leveraging. Um, but that's where you want to go in and, and ask that vendor some very specific questions, ask them for proof or evidence of their, you know, of their ability to be able to, to tie this back at etc. Uh, you know, and whatnot. Don't take their word for it. Um, you know, do your due diligence when you when it comes to, you know, going through and having that discussion with the vendor. Most certainly. Now, what about service accounts? What are <laughs> what are service accounts? <laughs> so service accounts are, are, are different from those individual, you know, the internal user accounts and the vendor user accounts. Um, first off, they, they aren't associated with an individual. Um, and um, they're also typically set up without a password expiration. So these are system accounts that are used by, uh, you know, used by the system. They're, they're, they're often referred to as service accounts. Um, basically, imagine that you need a user account in the for the for the system for the web server the database server to authenticate into secondary devices machines systems in a you know kind of a systematic way uh where uh where the the system is the only thing going in and doing that authentication um so uh, you know so for those you know they're um they're intended to be set up with you know without the anybody knowing what the you know what the passwords are uh, you know, for those particular um, service accounts. So there's a couple of different things that you want to do as you're as you're going through and looking at those at those service accounts. Um, so uh, first off, do you see any that appear to have expiring passwords? Um, you know, if so, uh, it may be a lead to maybe this is labeled as a service account, but this is really a user account or a vendor user account, et cetera. Um, it may be that they misconfigured the service account and they just the, the tick, 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 tick of the password expiration hasn't gone off yet. Uh, you know, so uh, there's, there's things to be learned uh, if, if you're seeing um, password expirations on those service accounts. Um, you know, second arena, uh, go in and, and ask the question, you know, do we still need this service account? Is it still being leveraged? You know, that type of thing. Um, and then the last, uh, the last arena for those service accounts is, um, you know, is you go in and you look at the configuration, the AD configuration for that service account, make sure that interactive login is turned off. And what I mean by that is that when interactive login is turned on, 
that means that Adam can, you know, is capable of typing in Adam's username and Adam's password and authenticating to the domain. Um, if interactive login is turned off, uh, yeah, let's pretend Adam's account was set up as a service account with interactive login turned off. Even if I knew the username and the password to that account, and I went to the go to authenticate to the domain, it would instant deny because the interactive login is turned off. The only capability for that inter, for that uh, interact uh, for that account to be leveraged is systematically. Um, you know, so so that makes a uh, that makes it such that even in the unlikely event that somebody got a hold of it, uh, then they can't be going in through the front end and and, and wreaking havoc. Um, shoot, there was something else I was going to say about interactive login. Oh, it just escaped me. So, oh well. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this, Adam. <laughs> Any parting shots and thoughts today? Uh, yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that when you're going through user, you know, user access management, you wanna you want to dig deeper. Um, you know, if you're, if you're seeing anything that isn't set up properly, um, you know, look at it as an opportunity. Um, you know, when you're seeing termed users where, uh, the connections are, you know, uh, connections are turned off, credentials still on, you know, maybe there's a failure with a, with another control within the environment. So, you know, the, the going through of the user access management is really an opportunity to, uh, you know, and it, I don't know if you can hear my motion detectors in the background, um, but uh, it really gives you an opportunity to, to, to really go in and, and, and take a, a good dive. It's actually funny the more that you go through and do this, like your first time, I told you this earlier, the first time you go through and do this, it is, it is monstrously painful, um, you know, type of thing. But, you know, it gets, uh, it, 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 it gets a little bit easier. I, I, uh, I, I liken it to, um, it, it'd be similar to get, you know, going and wherever in your, in your house, home, apartment, whatever, wherever it is that you store stuff, let's say you hadn't gone and messed with that or, or cleaned it up in 15 years or something, right? Oh. The first time that you go in to forge into that arena and clean things up and go through everything, oh, it's a nightmare. But if as long as you have some proactive management, uh, you know, once you've got it cleaned up, and then it's a whole lot easier. Um, you know the other the other pointer uh, pointer that I give folks is once you you know kind of once you get through your Active Directory your central authentication mechanisms etc um, then don't forget there's individual devices that could have local accounts so think the local logins to the firewall the local logins to your switches things along those lines those systems are going to have local users as well um those need some care feeding attention etc um you know obviously if you can get through the active directory first uh, then expand your uh expand your search and get out to all of those ones with the uh with the local accounts and finally you know we talked uh earlier on about you know going through looking at your enabled accounts that's just so that you can sit and focus right um but you know after a year two three five you know you're gonna you're gonna end up with a pool of disabled accounts sitting there right 
go through those disabled accounts at some point in the game and clean up the mess. Um, you know, it's super easy to just go, ah, oh, disabled, you know, and, you know, put your fingers, <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh, you know, but the bottom line is, is that uh, it, at some point in the game, you know, you're going to, you're going to need to go back and clean it up. So go through those disabled accounts. I mean, it, it, the reality, what, what I'll try to push people to do, once they've got their periodic review process under control, once that happens, then go back to uh, going through the uh, through through those disabled accounts as part of that quarterly process, um, so that you're kind of keeping up with it as you go. And that right there, that's the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.